Okay, let's do this. What's up, beautiful people? My name is Nathan Kruger, and welcome to the final episode of season one of The Outpost, the show where we talk about more of what matters. Now, before I continue, I would like to take a moment to thank every person that has listened to The Outpost. I am incredibly grateful and also humbled by the fact that we have listeners tuning in from Ireland, Belgium, Portugal, the Netherlands, New Zealand, the United Kingdom, Germany, Malawi, the United States, South Africa, and even Russia. There is no doubt that technology makes the world accessible in ways that allow us to come together and make a difference. So with that out of the way, let's get back to business. In episode 8, we asked ourselves what it means to truly be independent. In what ways are we empowered to make our own decisions? When we've lived a life void of self-initiated risk, how could we possibly feel that we have the right to associate with the innovators? After all, it is the innovators that are the risk-takers. If we want to change our life and make a difference, the first thing we have to do is take an honest look at ourselves. In previous episodes, we have discussed how vital it is to recognize where our personal values end and where society's influence begins. How much of what we feel we want or need is a direct result of our own intention and how much is merely social input. What we have been told is important, what we've been convinced is a problem, and how we've been persuaded to believe that the way things are is the only way that they work, all form part of this input. A well-constructed worldview that requires our acceptance in order to survive. But what happens if we choose to no longer accept it? If we no longer react to life around us, but choose instead to instigate our life, things will begin to change rather rapidly. As soon as we take on the responsibility of forging our own path, the possibilities become infinite. The reason they become infinite is because we grow beyond the limitations we used to accept and realize that we can achieve and attain everything we've ever wanted. All it takes is a little time and effort. And once time has passed and the effort been made, we find that we are in a position to help others do the same. The success we experience has the desire to be shared. We need to help others understand that they can rapidly transform their lives in ways they never thought possible. They can become the hero that they need and champion their own cause. All they need to do is trust that they themselves are who they really are and not who they've been told to be. This is the most difficult part of our journey. So difficult, in fact, that it often becomes a spiritual experience. The reason for this is that in order to grow into who we really are, we need to make room for the death of who we thought we were. Our goals, our wants, our perceived needs, as well as the people we love and those we choose to surround ourselves with, are all external manifestations of our internal calibration. For example, when we want to live a particular kind of life, we will make the decisions that will most likely lead to living that life. Our education and studies, the career paths we pursue, and even the romantic partners we seek out, all form part of this ideal checklist. 
But what happens when everything we thought we wanted dies? When we are exposed to how the world really works, what happens to the person we thought we wanted to be? Are they still relevant? Are our hopes and fears still significant? This links back to the threefold principle of information, perception, and behavior. The information we have access to directly impacts our perception, and our perception then dictates our behavior. This is how we are designed. It's survival. Because when we are warned that a certain food is poisonous, our perception of that food is that it is dangerous, and the resulting behavior is that we avoid it. Information, perception, and behavior. This is the key to our survival. But when we learn how to harness it, it also becomes the key to our emotional, spiritual, and psychological evolution. In this triad partnership, the only thing we have direct control over is our perception. Given that information is external and our behavior is simply a result, perception becomes the only part of the equation that we have any influence over. I'm sure that many people have heard the self-help slogan of you can't control others but you can control your reaction. It falls under the same guiding principle where we may not be able to control the wave but we can learn how to ride it. In order to take the next step on our journey of personal growth, we need to learn how to be presently engaged with the world around us. This means we have to receive information in a neutral capacity. We shouldn't react to everything in our environment, but rather focus on understanding our environment in order to determine its relevance to us and whether or not we are required to engage. When we've blindly onboarded so much of the world around us, there is no boundary for where we end and the rest of the world begins. This is how we lose ourselves and become who the world tells us to be. This is where the vast majority of people currently sit. They believe that others are exclusively accountable for any hurt they have ever experienced and remain simultaneously convinced that everything which lies beyond their jurisdiction and influence somehow involves them. We can see examples of this in the manufactured outrage people display online over situations and events that in no way concern them. Whether it's a political scandal, the death of a stranger, or the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, people take to social media in a fit of absolute fury, condemning the world and doing their best to present themselves as compassionate people. The accepted term for this is virtue signaling. People will jump on the coattails of inflamed situations to prove to the world that they too are virtuous, righteous, courageous and strong while simultaneously doing absolutely nothing. Using a hashtag doesn't change anything, posting a black square doesn't abolish racism, and cropping in a Ukrainian flag doesn't end a war or negate the fact that Ukraine itself shares half the blame. It begs the question, why do people who claim to care repeatedly engage with tactics that have proven to be useless? I believe that the answer is fairly straightforward. It is far easier to point a finger and throw blame at others instead of taking responsibility for our own shortfalls and failures. In a world where the merit of our character is often determined by our contribution to society around us, it stands to reason that those who contribute next to nothing will find any excuse to shift Focus. Instead of finding ways to make a difference in small, manageable ways, 
it's far easier to point at a bigger problem and express outrage at the alleged injustice. But here is the real kicker. If every person decided to be accountable for their own contribution to the world around them, the world would heal pretty fast. The sad truth is that this is not happening. So many people around us are terrified of standing behind something they believe in and refuse to seize the opportunity to make a small difference because of how they have been treated. This is a direct consequence of the inflamed culture that we currently live in, where people are attacked, mocked and bullied for choosing to commit to their own point of view. But we have to remind ourselves that if changing the world is what we want, and having everyone make small positive changes is how we make that happen, we need to empower people to do exactly that. We have to rally behind and champion others when they choose to make a stand, and we must defend them when the herd attempts to silence them. We must do all this even if we disagree. Because understand this, every single idea, strategy and perspective needs to have the opportunity to fully represent itself to the world. The reason this is vital is because good ideas will naturally rise to the top and bad ideas will suffocate. Good ideas need to be supported and bad ideas have to be challenged. The only way that this can happen is if we make room for the free flow, access and exchange of information. Because even when good ideas are supported, they need to pass the test of being both realistic and effective. This is how the world works. The strong survive and the weak get left behind. This is why we should never be concerned about whether or not bad ideas will assert themselves, because the only way they can do that is if they survive the scrutiny of the public square and don't buckle under the pressure of truth, both of which are actually incredibly difficult to do. This is precisely why debate has been silenced. Because when you can't win a debate, you don't have it. If bad ideas are unable to survive the trial of inquiry, it is in the best interest of those who carry bad ideas to avoid inquiry at all costs. Label your opponents as insane, prevent people from hearing alternative views, and reward those that treat your ideas as infallible gospel. This has to change. As a collective, we have allowed ourselves to become disengaged with how the world works. We've grown complacent, lazy, indifferent and tired. This has allowed the political landscape to become littered with bad ideas. Bad ideas that survive thanks to the hostility that protects them. In our tiredness and indifference, we've decided that facing the hostility is too much effort, so we choose instead to let it be someone else's problem. If we accept this as the norm, how can we possibly expect things to improve? As cliché as it sounds, tomorrow is built today. And it is because of that fact that we each need to pick up the proverbial brick and place it where it belongs. Because as the inspired Ronald Reagan once said, If not us, then who? And if not now, when? My goal with The Outpost has been to help people understand why the current political landscape is shaped the way that it is. My strategy to achieve this has been to illustrate a timeline of how things break down, and do so episode by episode. So in episode 2, we discussed how zombie statistics are used to create a specific worldview, 
And then in episode 3, we discussed how echo chambers are weaponized to incubate that worldview. Once that worldview has been fortified through incubation, it becomes easy to convince people that the truth is a lie and that cows go quack. Episode 4. As soon as people reach this stage in their political life cycle, they happily bend to the will of those in control. Those in control maintain their control by convincing people that they are free to choose. They just need to choose correctly. Episode 6, The Illusion of Choice. This intellectual sleight of hand pushes people to place more faith in institutions than they do in themselves, where the establishment becomes the divine. Episode 7, In Science We Trust. And when society reaches this point, the time to be concerned has passed because the collapse has already happened. It is no longer about prevention, but remedy. Episode 8, Our Reason for Being. And now we are here, episode 9, where after all is said and done, we realize that it is within our immediate capacity to be the change that the world needs. By championing authenticity, we can empower ourselves to remedy that which has been damaged and secure a future for generations to come. The fate of us few is to join the League of Dead Men that fought the good fight for the sake of people they will never meet. We need to accept that many of our efforts will go unnoticed. But we must understand that when we are indifferent to where the credit falls, there is no limit to the amount of good that can be done. So, ladies and gents, that is it. That is the end of season one of The Outpost. I will admit I got a little bit emotional writing this final episode because building a space where I can represent my ideas has been a goal of mine and it's now done. So again, I would like to thank and bless each and every one of you who tuned in. And on that note, please share this far and wide, remember your reason for being, and stay tuned for future episodes of The Outpost.